Welcome to the Mentor's Memo Podcast with Dr. Robert J. Watkins. You may know Robert's story. He was born an orphan and handed over to an inner city orphanage. But for the last 25 years, Robert has embraced his calling as the empire builder and mentored millions of people around the world. And he can mentor you. He's authored several best-selling books, including Never Chase a Paycheck Again. Robert is also the recipient of the United States Presidential Lifetime Award. His mission is to mentor you to uncommon success. Here's Robert. Hello, this is Robert Watkins with the Mentor's Memo, and I'm excited about what I'm getting ready to talk to you about, God and your money. And I know for a lot of religious people, saying God and money in the same breath, it just rubs people the wrong way. But understand something. In God's word, in the Bible, there's more than 2,350 verses in the Bible about money, about how to save it, how to invest it, how to start a business, how to make sure you never run out, how to give it, how to grow it. He talks a lot about money and wealth and business right there in the Bible. But while there's more than 2,350 scriptures in the Bible about money, but there's less than 500 on faith and hell and heaven combined. So God has a lot to say about money. And I want to show you in the memo, in today's memo, how you can use the word of God to prosper your life. I'm not one of those prosperity preachers, but what I am, I'm a realist. And the principles in the word work for whoever works the principles. So whether you are born again Christian or whether you're not, if you work the principles in the word of God, you're going to get a result. You're going to see some fruits, a manifestation. You're going to see the, the cake at the end if you work the recipe. And so I want to make sure that you understand that God is interested in making sure that you have what you need. So before I get into this, I want to give you seven things that you need to do using God's word, using it as a playbook as a manual to prosper your life, to prosper your business, your children, and make sure that you have health care, to make sure that you have uh, a, a right mind, to make sure that you're, you're the entity that you're building, you're making sure that is built on a solid foundation. And you guys know me by now, I have one objective for you, and that is for you to prosper. So while the book of the Bible really is a playbook, a manual, it is built upon a relationship. Okay, so as I talk about these principles, I want to ask you some questions like what is your relationship with God? Is it lukewarm? Is it is it cold? Do you acknowledge God? Do you pray every day? What, what is your relationship like? You know, what is your attitude about God and money? And does God really want you to have money? And we're going to examine these things uh, in today's broadcast. And I also want to ask you that. Do you think money is evil? Because if you think money is evil, then you have a you don't have a right relationship with money. And I'm going to show you how, while it may seem as though the world is prospering and ungodly people are getting ahead of you and seem like people with low morals and no value or character seem like they're getting ahead, but they're really not. Because if they don't have a relationship with God, it means nothing. And so let's start in, in Psalms 112 verse 3. I just want to start there. I'm going to give you seven things that you need to do 
in order to use God's word, his principles, his laws <clears throat> to prosper your life. <clears throat> in Psalms 112 verse 3, it says this. It says that wealth and riches are in your house. That's what he says. He says now that wealth and riches are supposed to be in your house. Now, it's amazing that he says that wealth and riches are not the same thing. See, wealth is not money. Riches is money. So he said wealth is are, are things like your health. It's intangible. You can't see wealth. Wealth is anything that can be handed down from generation to generation. You can't see wealth. Wealth is a, an idea. It's a mindset. It's a business idea. It's the way you think. It's intangible. It's your vision. That's wealth. Now, money is attracted to wealth. Riches. Things like houses and cars and tangible things are all attracted to one intangible thing, your vision. And where's all these intangible things just on the inside of you? That's why he said wealth and riches shall be in your house. If you think about Kentucky Fried Chicken, for example, most of us think that the business of Kentucky Fried Chicken, we think that the wealth is the real estate or the money, the employees, the marketing plan, the chicken itself. We think that those things are wealth. That's not wealth. That's riches. Riches are attracted to one thing, the secret recipe that Colonel Sanders wrote down a long time ago. So the secret to the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise is not necessarily the chicken or the real estate or the employees. It's the secret sauce. And that's what I'm getting ready, or the secret recipe. I mean, that's what I'm, boy, I must got chicken on my mind right now because I'm thinking about KFC. I do like fried chicken, but, I, but that's another story. But listen, but you understand what I'm saying is that the, the wealth is your vision. The wealth is your thinking. It's your ideas. That's why never discount your vision. Never discount your ideas. That's what's going to get you out of out of debt, out of poverty. It's going to get you to the next level. It's going to grow your business. It's that vision. Listen, when you go to Apple and their headquarters, you'll see the, the vision that Steve Jobs had. It's in concrete. You'll see it right there. If you go to Google, if you go to the Google, you go to their, their website, first thing you'll see is their vision. Why? That That is the wealth if you ever lose that, what is vision? Vision is, your, is the ability to see. But I, for this, I want you to hear that that is your wealth. Never lose your vision. Never discount your vision. If you discount your vision, if you think it's not necessary or if it's real, then you're going to be blind. Then you're going to be following someone else who has vision. So here are seven things you need to do in order to prosper using God's word and I'm going to use some scriptures here, but the first thing you need to do is really untie emotionally, untie your thoughts emotionally from anything material and leave it at that. You can't have an emotional relationship with a car and expect God to bless you. So that's why you can't have a spirit of greed. Now, I did read in 1 Timothy 6 and 10 where the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, he didn't say that money is the root of all evil. He said the love of money. So if you have a, a an obsession with money, a love affair with money, 
that is the wrong relationship. And he said, that is the root of all evil. You're going to attract some things you don't want when you have the love of money. So what is the right relationship that you should have with money and tangible things? It should not be emotional. It should not be. It should be it's spiritual. It's, it's, it is logical. I even remember Jesus giving a seminar, kind of doing a podcast like I'm doing right now. He didn't have all that technology back then. But in Luke chapter 16, verse 1, he said, If you have been faithful with money, then I can release to you the true riches. Well, what are the true riches? The true riches he's talking about is not houses or cars. The true riches he's referring to is peace of mind. It's having love in your family. It's having your health. It's having your prayers answered. Those are the true riches. And he says, I'm going to use money as a test. And that's the next point that you need to understand. Always pass the money test. First of all, untie yourself emotionally from anything material. And number two, pass the money test. What do I mean the test? What do you mean? Money is a test? Yes. Money is a test. If you, And he said, you have to become a good steward. Who uses his principles? Banks use it. Loan officers use it. That's why they pull your credit. They want to know if you've been faithful. Because there's maybe Wells Fargo or your mortgage company saying, listen, if you jacked up Macy's, maybe you'll jack us up. We're going to deny this claim or this loan. Absolutely. They know you don't have the $500,000 for the new house. They know you don't have the, the, the equity or the capital. So that's why they pull your credit to see how faithful you have been with money in other similar situations. Pass the money test, which means don't develop an obsession with it. Put it in its right place. Money is just a tool. That's all it is. And here's number three. Here's the third thing you need to do to prosper your life to using God's word is invest in seven income streams. Now, where did I get this? Well, if you look at Ecclesiastes, if you're if you read the Bible from time to time, you'll see where Solomon, who was the richest, wisest man ever to live in Ecclesiastes 11 and 2 in the NIV version. He says, invest in seven, yes, eight ventures for you don't know what evil may come upon the land. Now, maybe you've heard me say this before, but here God is giving a prescription for prosperity. He says, invest in seven, yes, eight, for you don't know what evil may come upon the land. But when you have seven income streams, you don't care what evil may come upon the land. Listen, right now, the coronavirus is here and it's destroying the economy. Absolutely wrecking the economy. Hotels are are, 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 are closed. Restaurants are closed. Airports are, are down and airlines are at, at 10% capacity. It is just like a bad time economically as I talk about this subject. But when you have seven, yes, eight income streams, you don't care what evil comes upon the land. Trust me, you have peace in the middle of, st of the storm when you have seven to eight streams of income. But if you're just relying on one income stream, then when the economy goes south, so is your value, so is your money, and maybe so even your life. And so I'm going to ask you, do you have seven, eight streams of income? That needs to be your focus in this mentor's memo. I want you to focus in on and pray about and strategize and plan your seven to eight streams of income. Your family's depending upon you. Now, here's now what you now. Here's the next one. Number four, you say, well, what should I invest in? Invest in God made things. Why do I say that? Why, why do I say invest in God made things? Because everything that God makes, 
is valuable. It appreciates. It, nothing that God makes depreciate. Things like real estate. <laughs> the reason why real estate is so important and so valuable because God is not making anymore. Things like land and gold, silver, food, oil. These things are valuable. Why? Because they all come from God. God made the entire earth. And therefore, anything that... And, and then here's the second thing. The closest thing that it, it is to being raw in this raw state, the more valuable it is. Absolutely. And so you need to invest in seven income streams. And then you need to become an investor beyond just a business person, but in, an investor. And invest in seven income streams, invest in God-made things. And here's number five. Surround yourself with people on the same mission as you. You see, the reason why Jesus could turn the world upside down, because he trained people around him. He put people around him. They thought like him. Maybe they didn't get him in the beginning, but at the end, they all came to the same conclusion. They're all moving in the same path. I tell people all the time, if you hang around nine broke people, <laughs> yes, guess who would be the 10th one? So surround yourself with people on the same mission as you. And here's the last one I'm going to give you. Mind your own business. <laughs> I'm not just saying that to try to be funny or, or to be witty. I'm really serious right now because in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11, it says, and to study, to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we command you. So here God is saying through Paul, who was the writer of the scripture. He says, do your own business. Study to be quiet. What does that mean? Research and, and, and do your own business and work with your own hands. This is something that God has told us to do. He's very practical. So out of the 2,350 scriptures in the Bible, and we see other scriptures in there, like in Ecclesiastes 5 and 3, he says that a dream comes through a multitude of business. That's Old Testament. And then the New Testament, he says, to do your own business. I know that you're thinking, wow, I didn't expect a theology lesson about business. Well, listen, I think God knows more about business and money than Wall Street, than the bank. The banking system is based upon debt. It's based upon, yeah, I'll just say it, it's based upon slavery. I want to get to a point where I don't need to bank for anything but the cash, my check. That's it. That's all I want, right? And so we want to get to a point where we have God, remember in Psalms 112 verse 3 at the beginning of this podcast, I quote it, Psalms 112 verse 3, that wealth and riches shall be in your house. You think you have haters now, you get wealth, riches, and a relationship with God in your house, in your business, in your nonprofit, in your life. And I'm telling you, you're, that's a good place to live right there. I'm Robert Watkins with the Mentor's Memo. I pray that I said something to inspire you to have a closer relationship with God and use God's word to prosper your life. God bless.